Welcome to today's episode of CLCI Live, brought to you by the award-winning and ICF-accredited school, Certified Life Coach Institute. Sit back, relax, and enjoy today's episode. Hey, everybody. Hello. We're talking about, well, let's put up, let's put up our, our, um, this first, it's CLCI Live. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and then uh, I'm going to let Jerome take over here. Bye. All right. I like Hopefully. the hide. Yeah, let's go ahead and put the topic on screen for you guys. We today are joining you for another Tuesday Live at 4 with the topic of fuel and friction. And this is a, an exciting topic. Um, as I was doing research on it, it really, to me, kind of equated to motives, what motivates us, and blocks for something that's maybe a little bit more in the coaching language realm. Um, So we'll go ahead and just jump right in. Um, Fuel and friction. First, what do you guys actually? Yeah, I said what I see fuel and friction as what do you guys see Mm -hmm. fuel and friction as what does that kind of equate to you guys, Uh, especially maybe if you have a second talk about that translating in the in the coaching realm? Um. I guess fuel versus friction, uh, not versus friction and friction. You got to consider both, but it seems like most people think about, you know, fuel. They think about how to make the most attractive um, offering to people. Um, But what they tend to neglect is the friction. What elements are making it more and more difficult and what puts somebody close to the edge of buying something, but then stops at the last second and goes away. Um, okay, so I'm hearing you speak about it in marketing terms, pretty much. Which yeah, I'm, I'm definitely applies, about marketing. Yeah, that definitely applies uh, in the coaching mm-hmm. realm because we all, as a coach, definitely have to market ourselves, which is important. Um, do you guys have any other different definitions as far as just kind of what you perceive it to be? Yeah, I think I'm. Uh, you know, we have a tendency to do a groove, the easiest way that we've been doing things. And um, when we try to add some new things, it might not be the comfortable um, groove we've become accustomed to. And so, like you said, uh, Jerome, motivation, what's going to motivate us to stay in that new direction and how do we keep it being beneficial to us? I mean, you can even think about it as I'm saying this out loud, you know, when we're talking about fuel and friction, it's fueling the new new direction, um, adding ways to make it easy, um, sustainable, and to add friction to our old ways, even so that we're not as um, utilizing that pattern, um, so that we are jumping out of our comfort of what we know. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe not trust. <laughs> it may not be trust, but this is what we know. Yeah, I think that's so, what I would say. Mm-hmm. I kind of just piggybacking off of what you said. What What do you guys think is more important? Um, if you're trying to reach a goal, uh, adding more fuel or reducing that friction? I think it's going to depend. That de- yeah, that honestly depends. Um, if you're like if we're using like physics as a strict metaphor, if you had a completely frictionless environment, you only need the smallest amount of 
force or fuel to push somebody and if it's completely frictionless it's got always going to go where it's going to intend to go in real life though um you can't create completely frictionless environments so you you kind of have to balance you have to decide where you're at and then balance between do i need more fuel or do i need less friction um well i think that that sort of that we as human beings have a tendency to focus on the fuel aspect. We have a tendency to to try to make build a better bigger rocket. We have a, to try to 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 make our product better. So if there's a problem, we look at well how we we turn to our product first, the us, the I. What is the problem with us? Why? What am I not doing right? Why am I not good enough? Why? When in fact, we maybe may not want to be putting that focus on that, which that's the fuel base. But when you're looking at the friction, you're taking I out of it and you're looking at what is causing your your client or your you know customer to to what is keeping them from from the behavior you desire. Um, and it's putting yourself in their world and it's having you think about them and not about you and our natural inclination is of course to first think about us and not about the other so that's sort of where we which is kind of perfect when it comes to coaching right <laughs> um uh is is within the coaching space we want to be thinking about the client um and not us and the i so it's a it's a great application I was I was just as you were talking there thinking about another way that we use it in coaching. We talk about flow, the flow of a session, right? So that flow, that easy, but there's times that we have some friction that get in there. So we're having a deeper conversation. So again, works in tandem. Um, I know there are various things that can cause friction. Um, can you guys think of think of like you know sources of friction? What we might mean uh, in a more tangible, real world kind of experience of what friction might be for a client or a customer uh, or anybody. Hmm. Uh, well, marketing <laughs> well, for 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 yeah. students, marketing well, is definitely well, technically marketing is a fuel. Uh, you would say, but but marketing is a concept. I yes, would think the having friction. them having to, to actually market themselves would be the friction. Yes. Um, but so if we look at, let's, let's get, maybe bring a world, real world example. We can do this with us at CLCI. So we at CLCI, we offer um, a life, we certify life coaches in three days, right? Um, what are some of the things in our process, the process of somebody getting to our classroom and actually setting foot in the classroom that could be, and whether or not we've addressed them, um, that could be a source of friction. Well, they have to go to the, the website. That's a step. And they have to man it and figure it out and get it. <laughs> yes, they, if they're, if they're going to research anything, that's another step to, or a few steps, depending. Or if they've already been there, done that, now they've gone to the website and now they're going to the register button. And that register button brings you to options. And then you have I another just- step. I thought of a friction point right now. I don't know if we should say if I should say it on the live. <laughs> it has to do. It kind of has to do with the calendar. Um, <laughs> how the calendar is set up for people to see what classes are and aren't um, available. Yeah. Available. Um, I'll 
tell you my guys my idea <laughs> after, after but, the- but it's okay we're going through that process potential mm-hmm. friction moments are what we're identifying is things that could slow us slow people down when it comes mm-hmm. to getting to that final product that final moment what what could take them in and put put the brakes on and a lot of the inclination of a lot of people, if, if somebody wasn't buying our product, let's say, or, you know, buying, coming in to get certified, we could be going, well, we need to make a better class. We need to hire better facilitators. We need to put more money into marketing. When in fact, the issue might actually be that we need to look at the process of, of how they are getting to us and see what's getting in the way and see what's mm-hmm. preventing them from, um, and it's about getting in their shoes and it's less glamorous, right? It's not as pretty as making a better class or mm-hmm. it's because you have to go and look at things that might be wrong or might be, you know, causing some issues for them and fix them, which is, mm-hmm. it, it's work, right? <laughs> but- we've, we've done a good example of that, I think, with including <laughs> teaching how to start a business and marketing in our third day, because if you didn't have that, or if we didn't have that, and it was all three days of just pure coaching skills, there's the friction point that somebody who's considering us might be like, well, I don't know how to even start a business. I don't want to start a class when I don't even know how to start a business or market myself as a coach. So there's a friction point, but we've removed that friction point by including it into the curriculum of our classes. Um, let's see. Vincent Lister, the perception yeah, yeah. that it needs- yeah. Well, that's, there are, and I'm not going to lie, there are, that perception exists out there. It is not, it is a, it is a thing. Um, uh, Not in fact the truth, but that's okay. (laughs) I mean, I'm a shyster, but you know, whatever. It's not a, that's not a CLCI wide thing. That's just a me thing. (laughs) Um, So with regard to friction and, and uh, fuel, so uh, any other thoughts for, let's say if I'm a new coach, right? I'm a brand new coach. I want clients to hire me. What kind of frictions could be happening that would keep, keep, the, um, uh, keep you, the client from hiring? What could be getting in the way that isn't about you, the coach, is about the client and their life and their life experience and, and maybe even the experience of hiring you? I think maybe potentially just in general, them having reached out for help, um, maybe not necessarily reaching out to a life coach, but maybe they went down the path of, uh, you know, actually working with a therapist or something like that. And that didn't necessarily work out for them. Uh, Maybe exploring different avenues um, doesn't necessarily kind of uh, equate to them as the solution. Um, so, you know, even, even though life coaching is much different than therapy, um, maybe they, they see that end result of them not receiving the help that they're looking for. Maybe that's still going to be something that's presented to them subconsciously. Um, uh, okay. So I think that it's almost falling into a, a fuel kind of thing, but let's break that down. So if it's the end about the end result, right, it's them not seeing the end result. Mm-hmm. How could you as a coach have them see that, I guess, and, and reduce that friction? Hmm. Great question. <laughs> as a coach, could you try to have like a trial session and ease them into something 
uh, if they're confused, if they're not sure what they're getting themselves into, offer a 20 minute introduction. Just chat, let's just get to know each other. Let's reduce that friction that you might think life coaching could be, and let's use it to fuel you into further sessions. That's a great, amazing, and, and you'll see a lot of coaches that do that. They do that. It's for two reasons. It's not just to reduce the friction for the client, that, that, that concern, and alleviate that stress for the client. It is also for the coach as well to see if they're a good match and if it's a good thing. But, but that is a huge way to reduce that friction. Amazing, uh, I mean, thought there. And that's why a lot do that. I think another way is um, we can present testimonials, et cetera, but the, um, to, to show and demonstrate results, you know, in such a way and, and actually have people that, that have experience those results and, and see them and put them out there. I think another um, possible friction for for coaches um, who are trying to get clients and put themselves out there um, is, is kind of, um, it's the path, it's, it falls in the, in the grounds of path of least resistance, essentially. Mm -hmm. And um, there, a lot of times there are hoops that, that people have to jump through to get to the point of coaching. And, um, uh, reducing those hoops, those, you know, all of those and just getting direct, more direct into the point, uh, I, I think can be very great benefit. Um, uh, Lisa, you have, you have in, in couples coaching, any thoughts would have regard to, to friction, um, and, and how it comes into play? Well, I mean, there's all kinds of examples. Let's see if I can narrow down to a concept. It's in that space. What they're coming usually in is to find the fuel, right? To find something that's going to move them in a direction different than where they're at in that moment. Where they're at in that moment, there's more friction and the... The wanting to be right is the friction, I think, a good portion of it. And, and it's not that they want to be right at times. They want to be heard as well. But that friction of their behaviors, because behaviors is a big part of this, right? We're talking about behavior changes through this conversation. And behavior change, we all want the other person to do the change, so there's more added friction versus fuel. Although the fuel would be the person, one side says, you've got to do the changing, so I'm going to push fuel here. That's a push, yeah. Yeah. Whereas the other one says, you're the one. <laughs> or they may come to the realization that it's a we, but getting out of their own way to make those changes, they're not quite sure what they're willing to commit to. So there's the friction in that space but they want to add the fuel. <laughs> yeah. It's the conundrum. Yeah. Well, the getting out of their own way is really what that friction is, right? That's mm -hmm. the, that's the moment. And that's why it is that having to be, you have to be thinking about your client, the other person to reduce friction. You can't be thinking about, I, you have to be thinking about their experience. Mm -hmm. um, I, I know one of the tools to, to help manage uh, depression and things like that is to, to do unselfish acts essentially it's uh and it's actual like therapeutic um uh it's listed as a, a treatment essentially um and that because it, it gets you out of an i space and gets you into a space of thinking about other people and thinking about right. um 
and and the same can be applied in relationships. I know it, it, we we all sort of studied up a bit for this. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and there's a mention of uh, the negative negativity bias and how five it takes about five bad things to, to fix one or, or five good things to fix one bad thing. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, uh, because of this bias, it d- would serve us a great deal of good to be reducing friction and take the time to, to think about how to reduce friction uh, sometimes instead of creating like grand good acts of, of whatever, when it might actually do us a lot of good service to reduce friction um, as well. Now, as a coach, or part of this is also about how when we add fuel, like when we tell people what to do, mm-hmm. what is the first inclination? Uh, if I, you know, if I, Anthony, uh, go That's do a, something. No, absolutely <laughs> not. Why? Well, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, I immediately create friction. Um, if you start, yeah, it f- adding fuel sometimes has a inverse effect that you want um, where if you think like, let's say for example, um, you get a, some, a customer wants to sign on as a client and they come to your website and they're just about to like buy and convert, but they don't. So what's one of the options you can do to add fuel? You could call them, you could keep calling them until they, you know, block you or report you to the police for harassment. Um, Sometimes that's an extreme example, but, you know, adding fuel and trying to put more fuel into the system isn't always a good thing. And it will have the opposite effect sometimes. Do you know what could though potentially get your foot in the door, you know, is to ask that client why? Yeah. Why did, why is it that you clicked away? Why is it, if, if you, you know, I just, I'm not here to sell. I don't want to get, I'm just, I want to know, and I, it will be important to me why that happened. Um, and, and it, to be genuine in that moment, you can learn a lot. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and it's true. You're not going to have that resistance because the client doesn't think you're trying to sell them something, right? They think that you're trying to, uh, they just, now you're inquiring about them and, and what is everybody's favorite thing to talk about? Uh, think about, um, how did we experience our lives? Yes, me. Exactly. Kyle. Exactly. Um, uh, Kyle, what are your thoughts? You're sitting down there quiet. <laughs> on, on, if you were to tell me something to do, of course, the mindset is, I don't like to be told directly what to do, but if you try to work with me to eliminate some of the friction that I might have in my life and let me speak it out on my own. This is what's, this is my barrier. This is what's getting me from point A to B with the stumps. I think focusing on the friction rather than just giving me compliments and you're doing such a good job could be more, um, could lead me more to success or progress rather than just saying, this is what you need to do. It's talking about what's the friction from getting you to that point, which I think could encourage someone as a coach. Jerome. Uh, yeah, subscribe. I'm going to say this, this connects really well to kind of, um, as you mentioned, we did a little bit of research beforehand. There was a study that they were speaking about where um, there's a group of people trying to stop smokers from smoking, trying to quit smoking. And um, rather than have them, I'm not sure exactly how they got the participants to do this. But rather than have them, rather than have them actually, um, you know, have 
the the negative side effects of what smoking can do to you uh, be recited to them, the smokers themselves, they got them to recite um, the negative benefits of being a smoker and them subscribing to that process was much more effective in them um, making progress uh, to quit smoking, which I think is, again, this is you subscribing to um, a process that makes it personal. Um, and it, at the end of the day, we don't like people to tell us what to do, right? So if we subscribe mm-hmm. to a certain particular process by simply even sometimes stating it, um, it can make it feel a lot more personal and I think more achievable for us because it's in our world now at that point. It creates ownership and, mm-hmm. and we, I, I, we all like our own ideas the best and um, <laughs> sometimes we'll hold on to them to a fault. And so by simply bringing somebody into the process, right? And asking them why, having them be brought in. And this is what coaching is, right? This is coaching, um, is we're not giving the answers. We're not telling them what to do. Instead, we are being a part of their process and being curious and asking about their process. That is, I mean, that is coaching to a T. Mm -hmm. The solution to friction is to coach, essentially. Um, which is kind of awesome. <laughs> um, Jerome said, Jerome Yay, brought up an example. <laughs> Jerome brought up an example um, where I think maybe friction isn't a bad thing that needs to be solved. It's a, sometimes friction can be a good thing. So for example, if we're talking about smoking, going back to what Jerome said, um, the government and the states have created friction um, in terms of smoking cigarettes where there's more taxes on it and it's more difficult to acquire. They raised in California, they raised the age to 21 to buy cigarettes, but it's to accomplish a goal in mind is to have people stop smoking less. So by adding friction into that system, they've essentially achieved their goal by making it less desirable to do something. So if you are if to bring this into coaching, if your client has a goal in mind to stop doing something or change a certain set of behavior, maybe considering adding friction or an impediment of some sort might be beneficial and maybe having them think about ways that they can sort of add friction to the system for whatever they're trying gonna, to do. I was just going to ask, so how would we do that with a client? So if we're, if we are coaching and we are coaches uh, and we're going to, so um does anybody have anything that they, that any behavior they would like to to temper stop or minimize i would like to stop eating fast food okay so anthony, <laughs> like, anthony through eating stopping eating fast food and see if we can introduce some friction in the process <laughs> let me let me tell you why this is so difficult because there's so little friction or let me let me speak not in the coach terms. Let me just pretend I'm a client who's not going to be using friction as a okay, code. Um, I live across the street from a Subway, an In-N-Out, and a Baker's, and a Corky's, which is like a 24-hour like diner. Um, so it is very easy for me to just walk out my door, smell all that delicious fast food, and I could literally walk to this these fast food establishments and be back in like ten minutes. So. They do, and it's furthermore. Think about fast food; they have reduced friction. There's a drive-through. It's mm-hmm. under, you're going to get in and out of there in under five minutes. You are. I gonna- could. <laughs> I could realistically, while I work, 
I could go on the app to for whatever restaurant I want, order the food for pickup, then on my lunch break, walk there, grab it, and come back and eat at home. So it is so easy for me to eat fast food when I don't necessarily want to do that as a long-term goal. I want to eat healthier. I want to plan my meals. But the fast food option is just right out. <laughs> you guys can probably see it. <laughs> you know, you're just light. <laughs> if you think about it, fast food is really like the kings of reducing friction. They are the kings of reducing friction. That's, that's crazy. Yeah, absolutely. So, so if we're coaching Anthony through this, um, Anthony, how how can you stop eating fast food? How can I stop eating fast food? Just throwing it out. Not the best question, but. <laughs> Hmm. I can have ready-made meals in my refrigerator there um, that I cook on like Sundays or the weekend and have them ready so that when I get hungry and it's lunchtime, I can go put it in the microwave rather than walk across the street. But the problem is, though. That's what I was just going <laughs> to. right there, though. So, so, I mean, obviously in the past, you've had this, you've always had the opportunity to go and make pre-made meals and have them ready in your fridge. You've always had this uh, offer, this available to you. So what is it that is preventing you from doing that? Can you say that one more time? Absolutely. So you've always had the option of, of creating, making, making it more convenient for you to eat out of your own fridge, right? Having the meals ready, having them ready to go. That way you're not hungry when you open the door and smell it. <laughs> um, uh, what has prevented you from, from doing that? So um, the effort to plan my meals for the week budget my meals for the week and then actually go to the store, get it all and then cook an entire week's worth of food with very little counter space. Look, I got, <laughs> that's the counter space I got to work with people. Okay. It's not a lot. I can't, it's very difficult for me to make a lot of food um, so in a short amount of time. Really quick, just to point out right now, he's pointing out frictions, right? So he's pointing mm -hmm. out things that are preventing him from this thing. So the frictions are the the having to budget and plan. The frictions are having to um, cook them in his small kitchen. And um, what was, was there was a third uh, as well. It was planning, going to the store, going to the store, store. planning all the food I'm going to get. Food. So is there a, a is there a way to reduce that friction? Hmm. I could hire somebody to do it for me. <laughs> so, so just taking a sidebar, we're, we're having private chat back here. It's kind of fun. You guys are doing that. And then we're, we're, we're playing around with this concept. Um, we were reading on this. It, it can be a motivator in the sense of, you know, some people will use it to be an instigation to move towards something, right? Mm -hmm. This friction will, 
I want to be a bodybuilder. Somebody told me I couldn't be a bodybuilder. And so that's going to motivate me to move towards bodybuilding because I'm going to that's, that's fuel. That's adding fuel. So like by adding, yeah. we've added fuel. So by, it's, but yeah. theirs was the friction, right? The resistance. Well, they, by, by forcing it on them, by giving them fuel, they've created the resi that resistance. I think that the, there's, there's three terms here. It's the friction, which is what keeps us from going. And then the resistance is when we, we is when we sort of stop dead in our tracks and start going retreating, retreating. Right. Right. So it's understanding how a person operates. That's where I was moving towards. Uh -huh. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So understanding if that friction is the thing that propels them to add the fuel mm -hmm. versus the fuel that allows that direction can go, which, which in our reading, we learned that if we apply too much fuel, it can just die really fast too. Yeah, it can smother. Okay, sorry. Just well, catching everybody up what we're doing behind the scenes. <laughs> so with, the, um, with regard to Anthony, you had some moments. Yeah. How can you reduce, make that more seamless for you, you know, reduce the frictions in, in your, your food preparing process? So I know there's programs online that sort of help with like that, like you put in your, I guess, budget of how much food you want to eat and your actual monetary budget. You put in a few things like what kind of diet you want, like a paleo diet or, you know, low fat, whatever. Decide all those factors and it puts it in and spits out like the ingredients you need to buy and how much they cost and how to like, put a whole meal so, plan together. So again, these solutions have existed and you're aware of them. So what has prevented you from doing those solutions? Hmm. That food sounds nasty. And this is where the, so the importance of this, while he's thinking, the, the importance of knowing is that friction is about exploration. And that's what makes it less glamorous mm -hmm. is because we can have all these solutions, but there's a reason we don't pull the trigger. Like there is a reason that we don't, and we, we shop around, we window shop. And, and it's, it's, so when you're figuring out friction, when you're figuring out the true source of what is preventing people from purchasing or what is preventing, you have to dig, you have to dig deeper and you have to, it's to there's another concept here um, that it's, it's called the job to be done. So when, when somebody hires you for anything, or you buy a product, you are buying it to complete a job and get that job done. If you, if I am somebody who's building a product, it's more than just that the product has to do the job. It's that the way I deliver the product has to be perfect and tailored. The way that the, the customer, uh, you know, purchases it, the way it gets given to them, the way the, the, the whole experience is as important as the product itself. And so there's a lot of elements at play when you're trying to dig into this thing. So we're doing that with Anthony right now and figuring out what the friction is. So what, so, so why have you not done that? <laughs> I think the actual friction is I don't like cooking in my kitchen. It's annoying. I'm constantly banging my elbow, elbows against the fridge, the stove, and like whatever dishes are out there. It sucks. I hate it. <laughs> you can either just move into a bigger place with a bigger kitchen. That's not realistic though. Instead is what I'm thinking is another solution I was aware of, but I haven't pulled the trigger on that one yet is doing the, um, whatever food delivery service thing where like they have your meals out and I do that. Know. It's so convenient yeah, and yeah. stupid that I get annoyed when I don't have it. Like, like when something goes awry and for the reason I'm like, I don't, I can't have food in two minutes. 
what is going on? <laughs> and I get so upset about it. Um, uh, and it's just become so it's so it's fantastic. Mm -hmm. I highly recommend them. <laughs> but so, uh, what has prevented you there? Out of curiosity. Oh boy, this is going to turn into an actual coaching session. <laughs> uh, cost has prevented me because it's more expensive. It's a service that does pretty much everything you want, but then it costs more. So now I'm vacillating between costs and health, ease of access and health. And there's a lot of these factors that takes some time. But in the meantime, I'm just trying to figure out how to not eat so much fast food when it's very available to me. Just to make a point here, just to point out, so Anthony, pause time out this Pause. would be a good moment to then now connect anthony with the emotional relevance of not eating fast food why he doesn't want to uh and so we would coaching ask a series of questions that would get anthony mm -hmm. to then link to the emotional relevance of why it is that he wants to stop eating fast food and then uh and then and then that will help him be more attached to his goal of not eating fast food because i think this is a big indication that Anthony is not committed to eating, not eating fast food. Uh, <laughs> in, in truth. <laughs> um, uh, which is not a coaching moment. That's why it was a big time out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This entire time I've been wanting to say, come on, Anthony, fast food's delicious. Everybody loves fast food. <laughs> just, just do it. Who cares? Um, so you know what I should do? Here's, here's an idea. I should, plan out my calories and like, you know, my food schedule and only eat fast food. That's oh. what I should do. Go the opposite direction. <laughs> uh, like the, what was the, the documentary where they just ate McDonald's for like a month? Yeah. And, Super <laughs> nice yeah. Yeah. and he um, was perfectly fine. <laughs> so, but so my question though, in, in, now this is, this may not be a coaching moment again, um, but I'm just going to ask it. Mm -hmm. Do you have to never eat fast food again for the rest of your life? Is, is, is that a is that the goal? I think that uh, outside of the coaching thing, I think that's a probably an appropriate coaching question to ask. Okay. <laughs> I think I think that's in the coaching space. Am, am I correct, Lisa? <laughs> that question okay? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's challenging you. It's a challenging kind of question to say where your commitment lies and what. I mean, potentially, could it be a wrong question for someone? Sure. But it sounds like it's an alignment with what you've been saying. Uh -huh. Only you can answer that in this moment, really, honestly, because you're- the It was one. a wrong question. No. It's, uh, <laughs> do I have to never eat fast food? No. I can make exceptions. Um, I don't have to abstain from fast food. And there are healthier options and cheaper options as well. It's just the frequency is a little too much. So it okay. needs to lessen a little bit. So tell me, what exactly does lessening look like? Can you tell, tell me what lessening is for you? I make a spreadsheet. I need to have it first. I go back into my bank account. I get, <laughs> I get a, um, what is it called? Like uh, in science, when you're doing an experiment, there's the <laughs> and then there's the um... hypothesis. No, no, no. There's the placebo? test group. That you test oh, with. You're going to do like a placebo? It's like the, uh, the control. Control, so, okay. So the control is I look at all of my purchases of fast food within the past, let's say, three months. <laughs> and I average it out per week. 
Yeah, do you have to be this specific? Can you, I mean, do you yes. have to, you can't, okay. So you have that is to. My client, that is my client journey. I'm going okay. to be that. All right, all right, all right. I so. average it out per week. And then I shoot for a goal of less than the average going forward. And I will try to, con- like every week, reduce that average until it gets to like, say zero. This is still, this goal is not very specific right now for me. I mean, we have, a, I would say that we have a goal of going to do the spreadsheet and everything. Mm-hmm. So is that, are you comfortable with that being the, the, the goal? And then next session, we can talk about the more specifics. Is that, yes. Um, <laughs> yes, but that or, is my or, goal now. Okay. Because... There was one word that you said in there that you used, and I just want to ask about it. Mm-hmm. Um, you said that you want to try to reduce each week uh and and have less you want to try to do that is that is that something that you want to try to do i'm going to (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, that's a subtle coaching moment right there where you're just basically asking them are you lying to me or are you (laughs) i got a question not to go too far off topic but since it came up um Mm -hmm. Is that maybe inappropriate to ask in a coaching session? I guess I guess in that moment, um, we see Anthony's making progress on that specific goal. So maybe that would be okay. But um, in general, I feel like sometimes that can kind of throw off a client where, you know, let's say I'm going to try and maybe they really are going to try. Um, and then you kind of challenging that with, are you going to try or are you going to do maybe not I didn't, but I see I notice I did not say though are you going to do I said I just want to ask a question uh, when I want to ask about you trying is that something you're going to try to do mm-hmm. and I didn't I did not give him the correction in that I simply um asked around the the concept of try and it could also be um something that opens a door for them mm-hmm. that could be a, a further exploration moment uh where where try okay try and maybe he's all, all right you're right I, I'm not committing I suck at committing to things that's that's really my problem I also <laughs> suck at committing to so it could be a chance for a deeper dive or deeper exploration by asking around that vocabulary uh and that choice of words right mm-hmm. Lisa am I wrong there um, well, and the, because you guys are very familiar, you, you will get familiar with your clients, not as familiar as we are here necessarily. Um, so we would probably, yep. we're with know, each other eight hours a day. <laughs> well, I'm going to say that, you know, we're going to probably use words that are going to challenge, but not with the sense of humor that we have here, you know, I put in the chat, you know, I would probably say, you know, you, you mentioned you were going to try, you know, define try to me, what does try look like for you in some fashion? So I would go down that path indeed. But the thing that I was noticing is when Anthony started the conversation, he was talking about eating more healthily and then it went down to kind of the budgetary kind of discussion. So it, when you're thinking about what you're wanting your takeaway to be, Anthony, what do you think that's telling you? My health is directly tied to my bank account. (laughs) The more money I have, the healthier I am. And the less money I have, the weaker I become and more, uh, less fit. And so how Um, is 
eating around that going to contribute to what you're sharing? Hmm. I would say to be less of a uh, goofball, um, the more, the less money I, because it does eat up, fast food does eat up a big chunk of like my food budget, like on my credit card bill at the end of the month, because it's so convenient. By reducing that sort of expenditure, I'll have less anxiety about what I'm spending my money on. And I'll be more willing to spend it on things that are pro my health. So maybe like joining a gym or something like that, or a fitness club sometimes or doing some doing active things that better my well-being rather than trying to stop doing things I think harm my well-being mainly spending money and eating fast food um which now that I'm thinking about there's nothing really preventing me from doing the things I want to do because I'm doing other things that I shouldn't be doing I could probably do both <laughs> I could eat fast food and also go to the gym. Um, but I feel like I need to stop doing one thing before I start doing another because I'm bad at multitasking. So what's and that brings me to a whole other coaching session around being bad at multitasking. <laughs> That's not my goal, though. Also, I think we also uh, we might have even detracted from the, the main point yeah, of sure. the whole yeah. coaching session was adding friction as a good thing rather than trying to reduce friction because it, what it seems like we just did in this entire session was Try trying to reduce. to reduce friction in a different area of my life where maybe a question to ask myself would have been like, okay, how can I make getting access to the fast food more difficult? Hide my keys. Hide my keys. <laughs> he doesn't even have to have he can to walk. He can walk. Can, can, like, can like, a coach ask a client if they need fuel or if they need a friction? Yeah, do you, yeah, yeah absolutely. Just, well, do you need point. fuel right now or do you need some friction to then, what do you maybe, need? Maybe there's a different way to explain it too because I think we as people are we're, we're motivated in two ways towards pain away from pleasure essentially, right? Or way, other way around towards pleasure away from pain. Some <laughs> people are for both. Depends on who you are. <laughs> Some gray area there. Um, so, um, with regard to that, you could ask maybe your client, uh, "What would be serve you better? Uh, mm -hmm. uh, being motivated or being, you know, essentially counter motivated?" <laughs> Uh, yeah, being, well, and that could be going very south. Very good. asking your client. Oh man, we're talking about. Might go into a realm you don't want to go. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but but I also would say that Kyle's question, because he's aware of the vocabulary Anthony's you can use and is talking using those terms could work very beneficially as well. How could you introduce that to your client in in those terms? So. Would you? Would it be okay to be like? There's a term, fuel or friction. Friction stands for this. Fuel stands for this. I'm just going to give you an explainer moment. What would serve you better in this? Is that giving them answers? I though? think. I think that's kind of that is appropriate, but it's kind of like an amateur coaching move because you're not <laughs> speaking the client's language. You're trying to teach the client your language, but, which is but, kind of. But it could be a tool. Fuel and friction could be used as a tool exactly. as a coach. Make it into a PDF worksheet. Boom, you got a coach. 
tool. Well, that's true. Maybe it's in your marketing prior too, and you, you that's a big part of your marketing, fuel and friction. So what do you want? What do you want? I'm the fuel I'm a fuel and friction coach. <laughs> I'm a fuel only type of guy. I don't care friction. And I provide the lube you need to get rid of all the <laughs> Uh, are a big thing though that we can explore with coach in coaching yeah. and we do explore and that's the fuel and that's essentially what a motivational is, coach is yeah but maybe motivational as a coach, coaches we should take just as much time to explore the frictions like what what keeps you from being motivated what what negative things might motivate you like what you know what how can you negatively use things to negate, like to, what is, I'm trying to think not like uh, to prevent you from doing yeah. okay, what, what roadblocks can you create? Can you make a block? Let's, let's build some blocks instead right. of breaking them down. <laughs> and that, but it can't, I love that. It's a great point. It's a different yeah. way to look at it. And I, I kind of love it. It's kind of innovative. Well, this it, is it, like it, a good like, example. Like put blocks in your way. <laughs> I'm, I'm probably going to use this metaphor in my blog now, but you like need for like to start a fire to get a intended goal and to start a fire you need both friction which creates the heat and you need the fuel source to create a fire you can't have only fuel and only friction um you need a little bit of both well and that's the, the analogy that they give to with with uh, in, uh, with in the podcast that, that i wrap mm -hmm. me onto this quickly um was the um the a bullet right mm -hmm. when you ask when somebody asks you what makes a bullet fly most people would say gunpowder uh, maybe aerodynamics <laughs> um uh but but the truth is aerodynamics plays a huge role in it but most of us go to the gunpowder we go to the fuel the thing that's like gonna propel it out but in truth if that bullet was shaped like a piece of paper it will not fly the same because it's going to get a tremendous amount of friction Oh um, no! I've I've shot paper wads before. They fly. <laughs> well, I mean, like a flat piece of paper, not yeah. like a wadded. <laughs> well, you can take the example to the bullet itself because you have fuel, which is the gunpowder, and you have the friction element, which is the firing pin. Yeah. And you need both to actually cause the bullet to explode because fuel will just sit there and never do anything without unless there's the friction element. Mm -hmm. So, for example, when we talk about pain points in a client that cause them to seek out a coach those are friction elements in their life that are causing them and motivating them almost and a fuel element too because they need something to well, so sort of motivate them too the friction is the space we can live in right forever mm -hmm. like that's like we can be stuck in there but then what happens is we have you add the addition of the inciting incident so we can live in this space of sort of discomfort for long periods of time, but then something will happen and that's the firing pin, right? That will mm -hmm. then propel us into, we have to change something has to be different, something, right? So that is, you need both elements. You need the element of, I'm not happy with my life. It's been going on for long enough, blah, blah, blah. But we can exist like that until there's a major incident typically that goes on that rattles us enough to go, I need help. <laughs> um, and that is, that's that fuel. That's really like, and the, it's really, they're separate though. Cause there's the incident would be the fuel, the existence in sort of like, I'm not mediocrity or what have you or complacency, mm -hmm. uh, is the, is the friction. But when you combine them, boom, you have change and you have motivation, you have movement, you have momentum. Yeah.
<laughs> so would it be fair both. to say that we live in a lot pretty much our, our entire lives they're just made up of friction sometimes you get a little too much friction so <laughs> you utilize some of that fuel to go in a direction I, to kind of you know work work out work away from that friction i would say I, it was funny because I, I thought i had an opposite thought the other day where i was like we're always doing something like we're always doing something it may not be productive but we're always doing something like we're laying we are dying <laughs> we are we're doing right yeah. we're always 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 doing things um uh and so we're always existing sort of in the state of of fuel like moving and then what happens is we get frustrated when friction sort of starts like it gets in our way it like keeps us from from doing whatever it is we want to do um uh and, and when it's enough of it it puts us dead in our tracks um uh so similar like both is true i, I mm -hmm. think both are true and uh and if you just a different perspective a different way of looking it, at it. this whole conversation also is just an exercise in like how far can we take a metaphor right right um, <laughs> like something to like bring something very complicated down to like, you know, it's bare essentials that we can kind of talk about and apply to a lot of different scenarios. So for the viewers, what we're not, we're saying is not like the end all be all truth of life. It's just a metaphor to sort of help interpret like the client's journey and like what may or may not be motivating them and working against them. We use a lot of different terms like blocks. The, the takeaway though is, is, when it comes to your clients, when mm -hmm. it comes to getting them, like before they've even come in the door, uh, and also when you're working with them, the the fuel and friction element is not about you. <laughs> it's about them. It's about exploring their frictions, exploring mm -hmm. their fuels, and learning about them. And that's true from the beginning, from before they've even met you. <laughs> um, and 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 that's that's true all the way through the process so in in your marketing in your everything um it should ultimately always be about them and exploring more about, and learning about them and this is uh, just more proof of that <laughs> um yeah i see heads on it yeah this conversation i think is extremely applicable to coaching um because of exactly that aspect it's not about you it's about your client mm -hmm. and uh digging deeper into what, what can pretty much essentially alleviate some of that friction is I, to me, I think a major portion of what a coaching session is. Um, and I asked it earlier in the stream. Um, I think my personal conclusion as to whether, uh, you know, removing friction is more beneficial just in general or adding fuel. Um, I think remo removing that friction it, to me is probably um, a more important um, aspect of this conversation. And that's probably why I went with that analogy when I said we live in, in a world of friction. And whenever, you know, you start feeling that a little too hard, then you use some of that fuel to kind of go in whichever direction you need to either alleviate it or fight back against it. Five times more. Um, the And I'm going to shut up after this because I talk too much. Uh, the, I mean, I've worked with several coaching clients uh, and uh, the, the inclination so much of the time is I need to charge less. I need to charge more. I need to build a program. I need to um, be doing webinars. I need to, maybe it's none of those things. Maybe what it is, is you need to be putting yourself in the shoes of your client, your potential client and asking what is preventing them from 
getting basically hiring you because they're probably already sold on you. It's if there's something preventing them from giving you their money, if they're your fan, they're following you. If for some reason they're not converting, you got to ask, okay, what else is going on? And it may have nothing to do with you. And so it might have to do with you seeing how you can help solve a problem that has nothing to do with you, which is kind of a very selfless act. And also why people don't love to do this exploration. <laughs> so um, the good example they gave was if there was a company that had these amazing couches that was customizable, nobody's buying them, but they're spending hours designing them. Um, the solution, the problem was, well, it's because people already had couches and they had no clue what they were going to do with their existing couches and how to get rid of them and what to do with the handle, how to handle them. Um, the solution, we'll pick up your couch when we deliver this one, which is going to make the, the, the person who's making the couch, it does create a problem for them, right? They have to now handle the problem for, so it's an, it's a selfless thing, but done so to better their business and their sales went through the roof after that, because that was the problem. And it had nothing to do with them and their product. It had to do with the fact that people had couches and no clue how to get rid of them. Yeah. Um, so the solution may not have anything to do with you ultimately. Mm -hmm. Or it could have everything to do with you. Like there was another example that I, I listened to where um, there was, I forget which school it was, but they were asking for very personalized um, you oh, know, yeah. submissions to actually go ahead. It had nothing to do things. with the school itself, though. It had to do with the process like that they were putting them through. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, I mean, as opposed to other schools, uh, which maybe even wouldn't be as prestigious or considered as prestigious, um, they were getting many more applicants um, because the process was just much easier. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So um, it never makes things more difficult for your customers and clients. Path of re least resistance. Just give them the path, path of least resistance. The less web pages they need to go on, the less clicks that they need to get the product or your services, the better. And if it's still not working, maybe ask them I mean, get out of the space maybe and and ask the questions that you're maybe i've been too afraid to ask you know why why is this going on what what why is this happening um and and because you might discover that it, it's not about your website and it's not about your advertising it's about something else entirely yeah. and then maybe Perfect. there's a way for you to solve that yeah if, if you are a coach on your first time and you talk to a client would you be necessarily looking for their fuel and looking for their friction or is it too soon to predict on that first conversation? Do you really need to get to know somebody to determine what's really fueling them and what's their frictions? I think that that uh, no, I think you can find out a lot in the first conversation because that's who's gonna that first conversation person is the one that's gonna hire you, right? That's um, uh, no, you people don't always know why they're being motivated, and I think a single person is not a fair sampling. Um, I think that that I would say you want to have talked to twenty or thirty different people and then ask the same question different ways or multiple times of the same person because we as people don't often it's the forefront of first answer is often not the right i'm not going to say right or wrong it is the right answer in that moment or for them but but there's a lot behind it that we might be missing um and so give people the opportunity to to answer your question more than once um and and because the first answer is not law and not always the, the, the fully full picture. So ask again, ask in a different way. Is that, am I, I'm delayed? Am I delayed? No, <laughs> no I don't think so. 
I think I, we're about to wrap it up, though. Yeah, I'm uh, just noticing um, just how dark it is getting in everyone's screen, thanks to daylight savings. It looks like I know. I was like, I need more yeah. lighting in my house now. <laughs> I need bright. <laughs> so, do we do we have closing thoughts on friction versus fuel? I can say mine. Um, it's like driving a car. You have pedals to both apply friction, the brakes, and a pedal to add fuel. Um, and you can't drive a car with only using the gas or only applying the brakes. You need to accurately control both and decide for your purposes and goals what you need to do. But being aware that friction and fuel are factors, you're on the right track. Yeah. Nobody's going to beat that analogy. Who's next? <laughs> try. I, I guess it really just equates try. to... Try. I dare you. <laughs> it can, it, I mean, to me, it equates to something that a lot of people try and pursue, which is balance. Uh, me being an advocate in that, uh, which I feel is impossible, but it is that process of going through both um, if fuel and friction that kind of makes everything kind of move and go and make sense. Um, again, as Anthony was mentioning, there can't be one without another. I mean, I guess there could, but there wouldn't be a whole lot of action going on. So um, being receptive or to both. Or, 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 we would just be like, Whoa! Yeah. You get an explosion. What's important is just being receptive to both and understanding that they both exist um, and they both are necessary components, I think, in this conversation to create action. So I'm, and I'm going to go with some remembering the, the friction piece is what's preventing the ease of the next movement um, analysis uh, where fuel can be added to create uh, removing those blocks to allow that next step to be an easier solution than having to go through many things. I was reading Netflix had got the corner market on it because they now have that ability to just start your next uh, session you're watching whatever you're watching um, program wise it just goes to the next um, program yeah. with removing having to pick up your remote and push play mm -hmm. they took took away the friction and they got more people watching and stayed watching so that was kind of an interesting piece that I read. Their entire business model is built around uh, um, reducing, I mean, seriously, they, I yeah. mean, that's, if you, and you look at the history of it, it it's kind of, uh, I mean, they're pretty amazing. And then Blockbuster, I'm sorry, Blockbuster, we were doomed from the start. <laughs> um, Kyle, uh, do you have closing thoughts? I, I can't top your car analogy, because I think that's perfect. You need to be mindful of the friction and you need to be mindful of the fuel and things work at appropriate times of what's going on and what your problems are. If you need more fuel, it's okay to be receptive to your fuels and let that motivate you. If you need some friction and you need the barriers to let you realize this is not what's going to get me to where I want to be, then throw some friction, realize realize what your barriers are and let those be mindful to you. So fuel and friction and the car analogy is probably the best that you can do. You need to apply the brakes when the right time is to, and you need to give some gas when you need to get there. I agree. I, I, I completely agree. I have no final thoughts other than um, if, if anybody out there is like our Jerome here and they hate it when it gets dark earlier and it makes them sad. <laughs> please, please message me so we can have a support group 
and we can start <laughs> with those because <laughs> I absolutely hate when it's dark out. It's, it's, yeah, we'll get past it. I'll get past it. Um, I apologize that 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 the, the, there is a friction created by by time change in the seasons. <laughs> also, <laughs> I can, I'm help. I would. <laughs> Lisa, Lisa, put in the car analogy first before I said it. I just saw it in the chat. <laughs> Nice I, I was reading the private <laughs> chat. I wasn't reading the the sidebar chat where like everyone else sees it. And I took I I independently <laughs> came up with it, but I am not the first to say. It. I was I was giving him guff on the in the background. I'm going, hey, you stole my car. I didn't see it, Lisa. That is a good example, though. I will give you credit as first dibs. There's a time uh, stamp as well, so everybody say, knows. Great minds think alike, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there you go. That's the way. Um, real quick before we sign off, I want to, uh, again, ask anybody watching out there in the world, if you have anything you want us to talk about, put it in the comments. Do it. I challenge you, if you're watching this right now, to put a topic in the comments. Do it. Um, and I want to say, if you enjoyed this, share it with your friends. Give it a like please. Um, and join us next week because we will have another intriguing, interesting topic uh, for you guys I, to join. In I was just going to share what that is. Next week's topic is just so everybody knows um, coaching tools for Thanksgiving success. So we'll be giving actual tools and techniques to make sure that you oh have a great my. Thanksgiving. So your Thanksgiving. You have to know how to move away from the politic conversation. What is oh. that? No fuel. <laughs> Oh, and no turkey, cool. more ham than turkey. No one likes turkey. <laughs> so that'll be our next week's topic. And then I think the following week we're doing simple questions you can bring to Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> That's going to be fun. Yeah, I know. It will be. <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you guys so much for watching out there. Make sure you comment, leave a topic, and share this with everybody you know. Darn it. <laughs> hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. Once again, this is brought to you by Certified Life Coach Institute. We're an ICF accredited school who certifies our life coaches in three-day online intensive courses. In addition to other podcast episodes, feel free to check us out every Tuesday at 4 o'clock p.m. Pacific Standard Time on YouTube or Facebook for our CLCI Lives, where we get together and discuss various topics that are centered around sharpening your skills so you can become a better certified life coach. For more information, feel free to visit us at certifiedlifecoachinstitute.com. Until next time, be well.